Welcome to the Get Healthy Tampa Bay podcast, bringing all things health and wellness to the Tampa Bay community. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Reller, board certified family and obesity medicine physician. Please remember, while I am a doctor, I may not be your doctor. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and not medical advice. Please seek out your physician for your specific needs. Here we go. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Healthy Tampa Bay podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Reller, and today we have a very special guest, Dr. Ruth Reed Thornton, who goes by Dr. Ruth. Why don't you say hi to everybody and introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. It's great to be here. I'm Dr. Ruth, the pain doc. I'm a founder of Chronic Pain Rescue. It's a telehealth practice, kind of like a coaching practice where we help people take them from chronic pain to pain-free. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And today we wanted to use your expertise to discuss basically what chronic pain and inflammation are and hear your unique approach to how you treat everybody with chronic pain. So chronic pain, you know, basic definition is pain that's lasted at least three to six months or obviously longer, but it's also a constellation of symptoms. It's not just that you have pain. Pain, when it's been around that long, obviously can cause depression, can cause anxiety, can cause difficulty sleeping. Sometimes people have issues with eating, either they're overeating or they have lose their appetite. So it's a set of symptoms that make up chronic pain. A set of symptoms. Okay. And so are there specific things that can contribute to chronic pain? Absolutely. Absolutely. Chronic pain, like they have found most of our chronic illnesses has a basis in inflammation. Basically, inflammation, the inflammatory process is part of our normal healing process. Our immune system, you know, when we get injured or there's damage, the immune system kicks in, inflammation and swelling develops as part of that. But the resolution of that which normally happens to get to the final healing with someone in chronic pain, it never resolves. It never gets to that stage where the inflammation is gone, you know, the collagen tissue or whatever is laid down and is normal. In fact, the truth is the original source of the pain, say maybe someone was in a a car accident or maybe they broke a bone or maybe they got disc herniation, whatever. What often happens is that even though that tissue damage no longer is the problem, but the system that was created when it started has not resolved. So your immune system is still functioning in a acute way. Your nervous system is still functioning as if the injury is new. And so your body gets hypersensitive. This sort of like a, what they call central sensitization or peripheral sensitization, the nervous system, the immune system, all is just hypervigilant, constantly being on as opposed to turning off. And so that's why people find that they can't stop thinking about their pain. They can't concentrate their limbic system, which houses our memory and our emotions. It all gets hijacked. (laughs) And so your body is just hypersensitive. You start to move and you feel the pain. Maybe it's a sciatica pain or or your neck. So then you don't want to injure yourself. You back off so people can kind of get into having less and less movement, less and less things that they do because their body's warning them falsely that, oh, if you do that, it's going to hurt. Basically, it's kind of a, they get into a box 
And mm-hmm. I know that there's other means of getting you out of that box than, than taking particularly opioids. I just, I haven't seen very many people. There are people that can function. Maybe they only need it once or twice a day. Maybe they only need it three times a day, but oftentimes the opioids do the same thing eventually that your body is doing. And that is mounting more and more pain. You know, that's why people will say, well, that dose doesn't work for me anymore, doc. And so they go up on the dose. Unfortunately, a lot of times people in primary care will take them up to the maximum that they feel comfortable with. And then they send them to the pain management doctor and the pain management doctor is stuck with this person on these high doses of opioids, which is not safe. It's not safe for so many different reasons. So, you know, I just recognize that there's other means of helping bring down your inflammation, bring down your stress. Sometimes people, if you just have a different way of thinking about your pain, it's going to help because instead of saying, you know, I'm going to push through this. I'm going to be able to do this. I have to keep going. Somehow, some way, you start to feel better. Your body actually relaxes or you can relax. And so anyway, I just believe in a lot of different approaches, anti-inflammatory diet, learning how to bring down your stress, learning how to enjoy your life, your family, the things that you love to do to get getting back to those things, because that's actually ultimately going to help you in your healing process anyway. Absolutely. You had a lot of great comments there. I want to take it back a little to maybe a little bit more basic. I mean, you mentioned the time frame difference between acute and chronic pain, but can you explain a little bit more of the difference between acute and chronic pain? Or I guess I mean acute and chronic inflammation. Oh, sure. So acute obviously is something that just happened or within a few weeks of it happening, a couple of weeks of it happening. Say you cut your finger. There's a whole host of substances, I'll say, that come into the area. There are immune factors that help because you have a cut, you're bleeding, your body wants that healed. So inflammatory cells are coming in there. Inflammation comes, which is going to cause swelling. Mm -hmm. But eventually what happens is that the body is going to bring in platelets, it's going to bring in clotting factors, it's going to bring in things to help close up that wound. and Eventually, the inflammation and everything kind of gets drawn away. The circulatory system will come and take those things out. That's why it's so important that we drink lots of water. That's a basic too, because the water helps to flush out of our system, the waste products, the toxins, et cetera. When you drink enough water, your system is going to expel those things. And if you're not drinking enough water, your system retains them. And in fact, part of fatty tissue, when our metabolisms are not functioning as well as they could, all those toxins get housed in fat tissue and stuff. Acute, it's new. It hasn't been around long. Certainly, I advise people, if you've found pain that's lasted at least a couple of weeks and it's not getting better, you haven't seen your doctor, you should see your doctor because you don't want it to become chronic pain. You know, pain is a sign that something is wrong in the body. You want to get that addressed, whatever that is, so that you heal properly. I think the best thing would be to avoid chronic pain. But if you do get there, it's not a life sentence. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be something that controls your life for the rest of your life. It's something that that can be overcome using other techniques in addition to what our traditional medicine does. You know, just an example, I know of 
gentleman, he was in a terrible car accident, young man, but he ended up having a couple of herniated discs and it really destroyed his whole life. I mean, he couldn't work anymore. He couldn't go out with his friends and do the things he loved to do anymore. Mm-hmm. And he did have many, many months of physical therapy, had several types of injections. And finally, he did have surgery to correct the herniation and the pain was gone. But then the pain came back. The pain came back. And I would say it's really because the other things keeping chronic pain were not addressed. When it becomes chronic, the initial factor is no longer what's causing the pain. So, you know, he is getting the cognitive behavioral therapy now that he he needs. But I think once pain becomes chronic and it's associated with anxiety, it's associated with not sleeping, it's associated with appetite changes, maybe weight changes, the other interventions, you know, multidisciplinary approach is very important because that's really what's going to help. The cognitive behavioral therapy is the gold standard for treating chronic pain. And yet so many people never get sent to someone to can do cognitive behavioral therapy with them. Or sometimes they're seeing a psychotherapist, but the psychotherapist is not addressing their pain. I guess that's why I felt it was important to create this platform for telehealth practice to help people do all the things that are necessary for their particular issues of pain and how to get out of it. Yeah, I agree. I don't see that patients get sent for CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy when they're uh, having chronic pain. Typically, we're sending them to a pain clinic to try to fix some sort of structural problem or we think that something might be wrong, right? So that is something that is overlooked, I think, very often. And you mentioned, so the acute pain and inflammation bring like the immune system turned on to get all the cells to the wound or whatever it is and heal it, right? And then is there any cellular changes on the chronic level or hormonal changes or anything like that that you would describe? For oh, yeah. They, right. Yeah, there are, there are definitely changes on the cellular level. The microglia, they're similar to your immune cells in the peripheral system, but in microglia in the brain, we know that those have changes as well that cause similar issues as far as keeping the inflammation going around your nervous system, et cetera. Hormonal changes, absolutely. Your cortisol, which was secreted by your adrenal gland, is normally, in a normally functioning body, the cortisol is just your waking at normal levels, when you rise in the morning, it goes up, helps you with being awake and alert and doing the things you need to do. In the evening, it goes down and you sleep. Unfortunately, with people that get stuck in chronic pain, they're a hyper alert. Their cortisol levels are constantly up. You know, the theory is that as they're sleeping, their cortisol and their metabolism is at a much, much higher level than it normally be. And you may find that even though you go to sleep, you're waking up during the night. You don't know why you're waking up. Sometimes pain wakes you up, but sometimes you're just awake and don't know why. And the theory being that with your cortisol levels running constantly like that, your metabolism's being driven more quickly and your blood glucose is dropping during the night. You may not feel hungry, but you know, being hypoglycemic is waking you up. And I have advised people to try having some protein before they go to bed, maybe some chicken or some nuts or just something that your body's going to take more time 
to metabolize. And with that, you can keep your blood sugar even throughout the night. And with it not dropping, you should hopefully be able to sleep through the night. Awesome. So I wanted to ask you if there's any like specific diseases or conditions that, you know, often you see with chronic pain and inflammation before we go into more of your treatment. Um, yeah, well, a very that. common thing that I'm mm-hmm. sure, you know, people know back pain, mm-hmm. neck pain, osteoarthritis pain, you know, herniated discs, but you don't have to have a herniated disc to have a chronic neck or back there's degenerative changes, there's osteoarthritic changes that happen. You can have disc space narrowing where the disc is not herniated, but the disc is not functioning in its normal way. The discs are like the soft cushions of our spine. They're the shock absorbers of our spine. And over time, when they lose fluid, with wear and tear, they degenerate. They become more compressed, more hard, and they're not able to do their shock absorption function. And so people have pain from that. And some of the ways that you help that is the fact that, well, drinking lots of water, you know, because there's no blood vessels that actually go into the disc. They basically are hydrated by the tissue around them. So you want to make sure you have plenty of fluids to help hydrate the disc. You also can do core exercises. If you strengthen your core muscles, that's going to support your spine. And when you have support for your spine, there's less stress on the spine, less pain. And that goes for any joint. If your knee joint, I have on my Facebook page and stuff like that, exercises that are going to help with, say, your knee joint or with your shoulder. Because if you strengthen the muscles that support that joint, there'll be less stress on it and you'll have less pain. So, Okay. Sorry, I'm taking some notes too. But so... <laughs> Do you see patients, I know that rheumatoid arthritis, you mentioned osteoarthritis, so rheumatoid arthritis, as we know, is more of an actual autoimmune inflammatory condition. And fibromyalgia, we don't know as much about, but is there any role in helping those individuals with their chronic pain? Yes, absolutely. Rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, these can also be helped with anti-inflammatory diets, exercise, keeping biz- keeping functional, keeping in motion. Aerobic exercise is great for any pain, really, because when we have to use those large muscles, we're breathing more deeply, we're bringing in more oxygen, and the oxygen is going to help stimulate our natural painkillers that our brain creates. The reason we have opioid receptors in our brain is because we have our own natural opioids that we make. So you're better off if you can develop those it help your mood and help decrease your pain. So mm-hmm. yeah, they can benefit definitely from a holistic integrative approach as well. And you can always combine them. I do think rheumatoid people who suffer from rheumatoid arthritis should see their rheumatologist right. should be on medication to help stop its progression. So you can avoid being, you know, really significantly crippled from it. Yes, absolutely. I do recommend they would see the rheumatologist because there are good medicines that can help decrease that inflammation, right? Because that's not our natural inflammation. That's the old body working against itself in even, you know, stronger way. So someone comes to you and you have a holistic integrative approach to treating chronic pain. What do you start with? How do you work them up and what do you do? 
Well, so with my intake, I definitely have a very thorough intake history. Actually, I remember back in med school, they said your patient kind of tells you what they have if you're listening. (laughs) So I want to know their diet. I want to know their daily schedule. I want to know how much exercise they're doing or unable to do. And that kind of helps. Sometimes people don't recognize the things they're eating are just really adding to their pain. I remember meeting a young woman who, it's a long time ago, but I mean, she was having donuts for breakfast and candy bars at lunch and maybe a hot dog. And it was all really, really food that was working against her. And when she did correct her diet and she, I said, did physical therapy, she did feel better. She felt much better eating more sound food, vegetables, fruits, you know, eating more whole foods that are going to help her body heal. So I usually start with an anti-inflammatory diet if they're not already eating healthy. Sometimes people are eating healthy. I've seen people say, you know, I'm eating an anti-inflammatory and the pain is no different. Obviously we have to look for other causes. Maybe they need to learn about meditation or how to really calm and relax their body. So you start with anti-inflammatory diet. Now you bring up stress and meditation. So is that part of something that you help them learn about and do? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. That's stuff that I help with learning. There's breathing exercises Mm -hmm. that can help. And I'm a firm believer with holistic and integrative. We practice what we preach. So we practice what we do. And so, yeah, I'm definitely into showing and it takes practice. It's not something you learn the first time, especially if your body's always been so tense. It's going to take some time to learn how to relax your body. But if you keep working at it, it's definitely doable. And instead of the next time when that pain hits, instead of saying, oh my gosh, I'm going to be bedridden again. That's it. Oh no, breathe. I'm going to be okay. And learning how to take control you know, like I say, so you can have your life back. The people weren't meant to be limited in the way chronic pain limits. There's so many things that limit people. Chronic pain does not have to limit you. And so that's what I'm dedicated to do. It's funny because I chose physiatry. I guess I didn't put that in my introduction. I'm board certified in physiatry, which is physical medicine rehab. We specialize in working with people with disabilities to help them, whatever the cause, it might be sports injuries, might be a stroke, but to help them to reach their maximal functional independence. And then I later also got board certified in holistic and integrated medicine, where we believe in various approaches, not just traditional medicine, but, you know, there's Ayurvedic. I don't practice that. can tell you about it, but I don't practice it. There's homeopathy that I did learn about. And acupuncture, there's so many things. Asian, Eastern medicine, there's so many different things that have evidence-based studies to show they help. And so I believe in drawing from all those different disciplines to help heal the body. I do practice some things, or at least I know about some things, and I'm definitely available to help people with it. What I started to say was when I really like my specialty in that you can see people coming in at their most, you know, coming to rehab broken, coming to rehab, maybe they've lost a leg, they're a recent amputee or stroke, and they're not able to walk or not able to feed themselves, groom themselves, all those things. And after those several weeks or months to see them, you know, get that 
prosthesis and how happy they are that, Mm -hmm. hey, I can walk, I can walk or, you know, coming back from a stroke and be able to go home. And in the outpatient setting, a lot of what we see are the pain issues. And I guess it really disturbed me. I had a similar reaction to, I'll be honest, similar reaction to other people. When you saw chronic pain coming, you're like, oh no, oh. And I realized for me, my aversion was they don't get better. What's going on? I feel Mm -hmm. like they did this, they did this, they come back, they're not better. And I want to see them get better. So it led me to recognizing that in myself. It's not a nice attitude they have. I don't, oh, I don't want to see them coming. I said, what else can help? There must be other things. And like I say, it just kind of a combination of for myself, as well as for my practice, learning about food, food is medicine, revolutionized my thinking, and just finding out about all these other aspects, areas of healthcare that we don't learn in our traditional medical school. So I just feel like the sky's the limit in what can be done. And it's not all in, it's not all only medications or big pharma meds and the things that the insurance company limit themselves to pay for. (laughs) There's other things and people need access to them. I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. Are there any other lifestyle modifications or things that you recommend that we didn't touch on? No, not that I can think of. I do think people have to get in touch with themselves. You know, sometimes the answer is in you and you just have to take the time to maybe get quiet, to get out in nature. That's another thing that I put a lot of information out about, the healing power of just being out in nature, being near the ocean if you have access, or in a forest, in a park. There's something healing when for our ears when we hear the sounds of nature. It's calming for our, our system. The smells of nature is actually they, they've done studies to show that it improves our cognition, it improves our mood. We have a more peaceful feeling and sensation in our bodies. It's very interesting. We've lost touch with our connection with the earth in our kind of industrialized society. And I think it's so important to get back to that. And there's so many benefits of being just think about it. Plants are putting out oxygen. We're putting out carbon dioxide. There's something going on there. So healing comes in many, many different ways to different people. And we need to make acknowledgement of that. I just watched a movie last night, a re-release of One Night Only of Emilio Estevez's movie, The Way. Very, very nice movie. Very nice movie. But that spiritual connection with one another is important as well. And Not everyone necessarily believes in God. I understand that, but there's some higher power that I feel would recognize and connect as you can. It brings healing. It brings healing. So that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think you've said so much, like definitely, I think you mentioned obviously the higher power and spiritual aspect, getting out in nature. You mentioned mindfulness and meditation. And we did have a previous episode on that, that our listeners could go back to listen to. You mentioned the anti-inflammatory diets. You mentioned exercise, right? Especially strengthening whatever musculature it is around the area that hurts for more supportive, you know, healing. And then you mentioned cognitive behavioral therapy. And I think that's 
probably something that maybe our listeners can take back and say, hey, you know, I have chronic pain and my doctor has never suggested this. They just give me my pain medicine or whatever it is, and or I'm suffering. And I think that would be really helpful to have the patient or person advocate for themselves. I've heard a lot about this, you know, maybe men- like mental health and therapy that might help with the emotional and psychological stress of chronic pain. And it's hard to not have pain or get over it if you're constantly thinking about it all the time and not learning how to manage it. Those are really good points. So where can people find you, Dr. Ruth? Yeah, so my website is www.chronicpainrescue.com. I am at Chronic Pain Rescue on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Pinterest. You can actually go on the Facebook and if you'd not not sure you'd want to work with me, but you would like to ask questions. I have a free phone consultations that you can sign up for on the calendar. You can also go to my website to make appointments. I am online. You can be in the comfort of your own home. I'm here willing to help because, you know, you can't let chronic pain stop you. There's a life that you're meant to live. And that's a stepping stone. It is so much that they say it's not what happens to us, right? It's our response to what happens. And I believe that people can grow through what they go through. And I'd like to see people grow through with their chronic pain, because obviously they're on this earth for more than sitting home and suffering. Absolutely. I like that. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation and I'm sure our listeners will too. And if anybody needs primary care or obesity medicine doctor in Clearwater and Palm Harbor, you can find me at www.cfma.health and tune in next week for next week's episode. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Get Healthy Tampa Bay podcast sponsored by Clearwater Family Medicine and Allergy. Please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with your family and friends. We would also love it if you took the time to rate and review us on iTunes. See you next week.